It is a pleasure and an honor to be participating in this year's Tikkun Leil Hoshana Rabbah. And in the spirit of this gathering, I thought it would be appropriate to speak about the Torah's perspective, Chazal's perspective, on learning Torah at night. Obviously, learning Torah on Hoshana Rabbah evening is one of those special evenings throughout the year, such as on the first night of Shavuos, on Tikkun Leil Shavuos, when we gather to spend many, many hours throughout the night studying Torah. But, as we shall demonstrate, Chazal's approach to learning in the evening and the emphasis and importance of that is not remotely restricted to any individual evening throughout the year, but in fact is considered a central tenant and pillar of our approach to Torah study in general. Therefore, I'd like to first sketch out, if I can, various sources in Chazal that highlight the importance of Torah study in the evenings, and then hopefully we can begin a little bit of an analysis to try to understand why that is so. The Gemara Masech the Tamid, and Aflamid Beis and Beis, tells us that Kol Ha'Osek B'Torah Balayla Shechina Kenegdo. There's something uniquely spiritual about learning in the evening, such that when you do so, Hashem's present presence is more directly felt and present in your learning. We know that Chazal in general speak of Hashem's presence when a person's learning, but nevertheless, at least according to this Gemara, there's something extremely special about Hashem's presence when someone is learning in the evening. The Gemara in Menachos, Antaf Kuf Yud, Amun Aleph, also makes this point, but with a different perspective, a little bit of a different focus, and tells us that Tamir Chachamim, who are studying Torah in the evening, Male Alehen HaKosuv, Ki'ilu Asukim Ba'avoda. That if you study Torah in the evening, again, here the focus is not just studying Torah, but the time in the evening, then it is viewed for that person studying Torah as if they are serving in the base of Mekdash, like they are a Kohen performing the Avoda. Very, very fascinating. What exactly does that mean, and why is that so? But we have yet now a second Gemara highlighting the importance and the uniqueness of learning Torah in the evening. An additional source is the Gemara in Masech Chagiga, Tav Yud Beis, Amid Beis, which tells us in the name of Reish Lakish, Kalaosek B'Torah Balayla, anyone who's studying Torah in the evening, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe Chalav Chut Shel Chesed Bayom. Very enigmatic, but clearly very significant. Anyone who studies Torah in the evening, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God will afford that person a Chut Shel Chesed, a string of kindness, some extra divine benevolence, some extra kindness from HaKadosh Baruch Hu throughout the day, specifically and uniquely reserved for those who study Torah at night. Yet again, an emphasis on the importance of studying Torah in the evening. A fourth source in Chazal can be found in the Medrash, in Vayikra Rabbah, in Parsha Yates. Rabbi Yochanan tells us, Ein rina shel Torah, ela balayla. The song of Torah is specifically and uniquely experienced when one studies Torah in the evening. And here too, it's a little bit mysterious, a little ambiguous. What exactly does that mean? The rina shel Torah. It's like we weren't 100% clear in the previous source. What is the chut shel chesed? But either way, just like in the previous sources, we have yet again something uniquely blessed, something uniquely profound and impactful about studying Torah in the evening. The spiritual impact seems to be special and unique. The song of Torah is more exclusively 
articulated, felt, and heard when one studies Torah in the evening. A fifth source comes from the Gemara in Erevin, Andaf Yudches Amidbet. There the Gemara tells us, in the name of Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, Kol bayis shinishmoen bo divrei Torah balayla, shuv eno necharav. If you have a home in which Torah is studied in the evening, there's a guarantee that that house will never be destroyed, despite destruction that may occur around that home. Now this source has an additional significance in that it highlights the role of studying Torah at home. But that's not our topic for tonight's cheer. But nevertheless, yet again we see some unique protection. Here it doesn't seem to be about the spiritual experience. It's like the Avoda, Choshal Chesed, the Rina. This is a slightly different emphasis. But still, yet again, we have another source in Chazal focusing not just on the importance of Torah study, but specifically Torah study in the evening. Yet another source, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Tzadi Bey Zaman Aleph, tells us, in the name of Rabbi Lazar, called by us She'ein Divrei Torah, Nishbambo Balayla, Eish Ochlaso. So this is clearly the mirror of the previous source. Here, Rabbi Lazar teaches that if a home does not have the voice of Torah being called out, being heard throughout the night, if there isn't Torah study in that home in the evening, then unfortunately, that home will be punished. Eish Ochlaso. A fire will consume that home. And clearly, although not explicit, but I think clearly the impression you get from the Gemara is that this is a home that Torah is studied during the day. And yet that apparently is not a sufficient protection against this fiery destruction and danger that might be occurring to this family or to this home. Specifically, if you don't study Torah at night, says the Gemara, not at night in your home, then you are at risk. Just like if you study at night in your home, we saw in the previous source, you are uniquely blessed. So here we have these two mirror sources, one giving a blessing for the home, if there's Torah study at night, and one predicting, if not promising, perhaps even in a more scary interpretation, destruction to a home, all based on one factor. Is there or isn't there Torah study in that home? In the evening. The Gebarah in Erevin, on Daf Samachay, Amad Aleph, actually has a debate, fascinating debate, about what is the purpose, on some level, the ultimate purpose, of the night. Why was the moon created? Why is the night time? What is it for? What does it exist for? And in fact, there is a machlokas, intellectual honesty, full disclosure, there are two opinions, but one of the opinions, Reish Lakish, tells us, Lu'ivrei sira ela Legirsa, that the nighttime was created. Nighttime is part of the human condition of the world condition. Legirsa, for Torah study. That is the main purpose of the evening. Now, again, to be fair and to be honest and transparent, there's another opinion in that Gemara, that of Rabbi Yehuda, who says that the main purpose of the evenings is to sleep so that you'll be well rested and you can learn during the daytime. And that is an interesting foil which we will come back to. But nevertheless, notwithstanding Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, we do have Reish Lakish's opinion, which is consistent with so many of these other sources that we have seen, which previously were promising great reward for Torah study at night, and in one case, 
perhaps promising or prophesying great doom and gloom if you don't study at night. And here we have from a not a result perspective, what will happen if you do or don't study at night, but from a more purpose perspective, more fundamental perspective. What is the purpose of the night? Says Rish Lakish, to be able to learn. Finally, the Gemara in Tainus, the very, very last page in Masecha Tainus, Taflamid Aleph, Amid Aleph, tells us in the name of Rebbe Yezer HaGadol, the Gemara there is discussing Tuba'av and the excitement that is associated around this mysterious day. It doesn't have the same cachet in our world without the base of Megdash, but nevertheless, we know from Chazal that Tuba'av, the 15th of Av, just a few days after Tishabav, less than a week after the saddest day of the year, Tuba'av is considered one of the happiest days of the year. And in the context of that conversation about Tuba'av, the Gemara notes something which everyone realizes, which is at some point in the summer, the uh, things start to change, and from we start from when we used to have very, very short evenings, right? It gets, it's late, it gets dark very, very late in the summer, which means that there's a shorter evening, a shorter nighttime. But at some point, and the Gemara here identifies it as Tuba Av, that's when things start changing. And slowly, slowly, but surely, it starts getting dark earlier, or in other words, it starts getting night earlier, the nighttime starts getting longer after Tuba Av. And in that context, that's the background, the Gemara tells us, that Mikan Ve'elech, after Tuba Av, as it starts getting darker earlier, which means we have a longer evening, Demosif Yosef, Udolo Mosif Yosef. If it sounds like a riddle, it's because it somewhat is. But those of you who know Perki Avos well know that this is actually a citation of a phrase in the Mishnah in Perki Avos, in which we are told if you don't add, if you add, you add, if you don't add, you don't add. What is that talking about? What's the context? So here, Rashi in Tainus fills us in, and this is the same interpretation that is the consensus interpretation in Perkyavos. Says Rashi, what does that mean, Demosif Yosef? Demosif Lelos al Hayamim Asok Bitorah. Now that there are longer evenings, you should use that time wisely. If there's only a short night, you need that time to sleep. Now there's longer evenings, there's time now, says Rashi understanding, of course, the Gemara and really the Mishnah in Perk Yavos, you have to use that extra time at night to learn Torah. What is the second half of the phrase? Delomosif Yosef. If you don't add, you will be ended, uh, basically in a very uh, scary way. So the Gemara itself here adds, what does that mean, Amr of Yosef? Tikriveha imei. Your mother will bury you. And as Rashi explains, what that means is, you'll die prematurely. And Rashi explains why. Because you didn't, you were not Osek Betorah Belelos. In other words, as understood here through the Gemara's lens and through Rashi helping us, the Gemara is telling us that as the nights begin to get longer, as the summer ebbs and we go into the fall and then the winter when we have longer evenings, that blessing of a longer night should be viewed as an opportunity for more Torah study at night. We know that for many of us, certainly those with young children, people in camp and the like, or even just people who are home, people look forward to the summer for longer daytime. That's the whole phenomenon of daylight savings time. So uh, perhaps this is an unpopular opinion, but that the Gemara has the opposite perspective. We shouldn't be looking to lessen or shorten the night. We are excited when the night starts getting longer and longer. But why are we excited? 
So this relates to the previous Gemara and the opinion that we saw that nighttime was created for learning Torah. So here that opinion, again, we, we, we acknowledge that that was a debate. But here in this Gemara, it certainly seems like we are siding with that view that the purpose of the night is for Torah study. And therefore we're excited about the night starting to get longer, more opportunities to learn, and as is so often the case in life and in Yiddishkeit, with greater opportunity comes greater responsibility and culpability. That is to say, there's great opportunity for extra learning with a longer night. But as the Gemara so ominously concluded, if we don't take advantage of the opportunity, we have a longer night, we don't use it for learning. So then, Rahman al-Islan, a person can be punished very severely with a premature death. So this, I don't know if we touched every Maimar Chazal, but I think we got seven, eight, nine different sources now. Clearly, each one with their own nuance. We don't have time in this brief shear to discuss the slight differences or perhaps the nuances between the different Gemaras any more than we already have. But the main thrust, which I think by now is abundantly clear, is that we have an overwhelming number of sources and material in Chazal which emphasize the unique opportunities and blessings of studying Torah specifically in the evening. We all know there are no shortage of sources that extol the virtues and importance of Torah study generally. And if that's all studying Torah was in the evening, what's the difference in the day, what's the difference at night? I'm studying Torah, so I could give, you know, a thousand sources about that. We wouldn't have needed, though, any of these sources. The common denominator of all of the sources we've seen so far is that they highlight that there is apparently and evidently, but unmistakably, something very special and unique about learning Torah in the evenings. And therefore, there are unique blessings. The song of Torah, Hashem's presence, the Shekhinah, it's as if you're like a Kohen doing the Avodah and the Beis HaMikdash, etc., etc. On the other hand, Rahman al-Litzlan, if a person doesn't take advantage of that opportunity, then we saw at least two sources, not only by implication, but quite explicitly and very ominously predict, if not promise, severe consequences, either the fire consuming the house or Rahman al-Litzlan, premature death. The Rambam in Hilchos Talmud Torah basically makes a digest and collects the highlights of these Mamari Chazal and, in fact, elaborates on them in a very famous and poetic passage in Hilchos Talmud Torah, Perak Gimel, Halacha Yud Gimel. The Rambam brings down these ideas. And again, on the one hand, unmistakably, these are philosophical, Musr, Hashkafic ideas, certainly Divri Agada in the Gemara, but clearly, if the Rambam is quoting these in Hilchos Tama Torah, that means that the Rambam feels that these are not just poetic uh, or uh, inspirational ideas, but in fact have normative value. And the Rambam, as I say, not only quotes some of these incredible statements of Chazal, but he even expands upon them in this incredible, incredible passage. And can't read the entire Rambam, it's actually quite long. But just a few of the highlights that the Rambam begins this halacha. Again, Hilchos Tamat Torah Per Gimel Halacha Yud Gimel says the Rambam, Afal Pisha Mitzvah Lilmod Bayom Ubalayla. Of course, there's no time in the day in which a person isn't obligated to learn Torah if they can. Yomam 
Velayla, day and night, the mitzvah from a technical perspective, from a halachic perspective, the mitzvah is the same day and night, says the Rambam. Nevertheless, in Adam lo made rov chachmaso ela belayla. In other words, says the Rambam, there will be an outsized or disproportional impact by the Torah you study at night. The Rambam does not give us a formula for that. But basically what he's saying is what you could learn in, I don't know, hypothetically three hours during the day, maybe you could learn that in one hour at night. Rov chachmaso, an outsized impact of the Torah study at night. Lefichach, he says, therefore, Misha rotza lizkos bekeser ha-Torah, Yizaher b'chol leilosov, v'lo ye'abed afilu echad mehen, v'shena v'achila v'shtia v'sicha uchayot zabahen, ele b'talmat Torah u'bedivrei chachma. Wow. Says the Rambam, if a person wants to merit to wear the crown of Torah, keser Torah, a phrase which appears in Chazal and the Rambam in other contexts as well, not just this particular one. But we know that there's an idea. Also in Perkyavos, in the sixth chapter, Perkyavos mentions this idea and other sources of Keser Torah, the crown of Torah. Who doesn't want to be a king? Who doesn't want to be a prince? Who wouldn't want to put the crown on his or her head? So Chazal in different places speak about the Keser Torah. What does a person need to do in order to be able to put that crown on their head. And I should add, even though the Rambam doesn't say it here, but the Rambam, based on different sources in Chazal, says it in other places. This is one of the three crowns, but it's the most democratic. Unlike the other two, Keser Kahuna and Keser Malchus, which are reserved for, for specific people exclusively, Shevet Levi, the Kohanim, the family of David Melech, are going broadly, maybe you'll say Shevet Yehuda, for the monarchy, but say Chazal, and the Rambam demonstrates this as well and emphasizes this, the Keser Torah is munach lakol. Every one of us potentially can be a king or a queen, can be a prince or a princess. We can all be monarchy. We can all slip the crown of Torah on our head. We just have to do what's necessary. So what is necessary to wear that crown of Torah? So there might be multiple answers, but in this context, the Rambam emphasizes anyone who wants to wear the crown of Torah, you cannot waste the evenings. The secret to the throne, the secret to wearing that keser Torah, says the Rambam, is to learn Torah at night. And the Rambam seems to be emphasizing this as opposed to during the day. Now, if a person would say, listen, I can't, I'm not going to learn Torah at night, but I'll learn an extra hour than I, more than I would have during the day. That's great. Mitzvah's Talmud Torah is amazing. But you get the impression from the Rambam that that would not be sufficient for the Keser Torah. For the Keser Torah, a person has to take advantage of the evenings. And perhaps in the most dramatic and scary thing the Rambam says is, you cannot waste afilu echad mehen. You can't waste even a single night. There are no nights off from Torah. You want to wear the crown, you have to be willing to do what it takes. Use all of your evenings for productive and spiritual pursuits. Don't waste them, says the Rambam, on eating and drinking and talking. And the Rambam adds, which obviously in our generation would mean our phones, Netflix, Facebook. We all go down that rabbit hole. We're all susceptible to that, especially after a long day. We're tired at home. Says the Rambam, that is not the way to earn and to merit the Keser Torah. Rather, a person has to use the specifically the evenings, 
the Torah, as he puts it, and Divrei Chachma. After making this incredible, grandiose statement, which is really his chidush, he then goes on to quote a number of the sources we had seen previously about the Rina Shel Torah and the Chut Shel Chesed, and God forbid if you don't learn at night, your house will be burned up, things like that. The Ramam collects a number of those incredible Midrashim and Divri Agada we saw previously. But clearly inspired by those, the Ramam leads off with this in- astounding and really dramatic and overarching statement about how Rov Chachmoso, most of your Torah learning, most of your success will come from learning at night. And if you want to have the Keser Torah, and who doesn't, that needs to be accomplished through taking advantage of learning Torah at night. Now, as amazing as it is, in a certain sense, that the Rambam is willing to do this and quote these things in the Mishnah Torah, it's, on a certain sense, once the Rambam did it, it's not surprising that others, including the Shulchan Aruch, followed suit. And at the same time, I would say, on the other hand, excuse me, I would say it's maybe more striking. Because the Rambam you know, does have sections in his code and does have times where he does go off, so to speak, on a more philosophical tangents. I think, I think, I think that that's more rare and more surprising, therefore, when the Shulchan Aruch does it. And yet the Shulchan Aruch, both in Yoridea in Hilchas Talmud Torah, in Simen Reish Memvav, as well as in Orachayim, in Simen Reish Shalom and Ches, the, Ra- the Shulchan Aruch himself, again, primarily based on the Ramam and other sources, and of course going back to all the sources we started with, the Shulchan Aruch, again, it's usually just a book of halacha, practical law. The Shulchan Aruch himself brings down these ideas. For example, the Shulchan Aruch himself, clearly quoting the Rambam, says, Mi shirotza liskos bekisra shel Torah, yizar Okay, so he shortens it, he makes it more compact. The Shulchan Aruch is less of a poet, you could say, than the Rambam. But nevertheless, this is not the kind of thing you typically find, or would expect to find, paskind, in the Shulchan Aruch. And yet we see that this is exactly how it's done. Or, for example, the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim, the one I mentioned previously, Reish Lam and Ches, there the Shulchan Aruch says, Tzarech lihizahar belim and halayla, yosr mi b'shal yom, v'hamavatlo on shomarubah. Again, that's a paraphrase of the Rambam that we just saw, and some of the earlier sources. So, now that I think we have clearly and firmly and unequivocally established through Chazal and many sources, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, the overwhelming significance of learning Torah in the evening, so we now turn to part two of this year, perhaps the more critical part even, you might say, which is, why? What is so special about learning at night? Okay, that's not the same question about as we could have said, which is, why is Talmud Torah so important? There's so many sources that give such, you might think, exaggerated or significant emphasis, disproportionate emphasis to Torah study, as opposed to the other 612 mitzvos. Okay, that's true. And that's also worthy of understanding why that's so. That We have something more nuanced going on here, and I think, on its face, more surprising and more difficult to understand. This is not just about Torah study. It's about when in the day, not just about how much Torah study, but when the Torah is studied, all these sources emphasizing learning Torah at night. Mysterious. A little bit of a mystique. Why? What is going on that would justify so many and such extreme formulations from Chazal through the Rambam and on to the Shulchan Aruch? I'd like to share with you a few different approaches. Perhaps one could say two which are really four. The first approach, which we'll 
subdivide into two, but the first approach is that despite the simple understanding of many of the sources we've seen, it seems like many Mepharshim, in fact, don't view the emphasis of specifically being Torah study at night. That night time does not seem to be for many of these sources, many of the Mepharshim, the key. But perhaps the way they understand many of these sources, really it's not about nighttime per se, but rather about not overindulging in sleep. It's not about the night versus the day. It's about do we push ourselves and stay awake longer or do we look for more sleep? So, for example, the Brisa in the sixth parak of Perk Yavos, in Perk Vav, so we know that's known as the Perk Kinyan Torah. The whole parak is filled with beautiful statements of Chazal about Torah, but specifically there is a Mishnah or a Brisa, to be more precise, Mishnah Vav, Brisa Vav, which talks about the 48 Kinyan Torah. And one of the 48 things that one needs to do to accomplish and to acquire Torah in a meaningful way is Mi'ut Shena. Not overindulging in sleep, having as little sleep as possible. Well, why is that true? Why is trying to limit how much time we sleep, why is that important for acquiring Torah? And why might that be the interpretation and understanding of all of these sources? That what we're really saying is, if you want to have the Rina of Torah, and if you want to be like in the Avoda and all the Kesar of Torah in the Ramam's view, limit your sleep. Learn Torah at night, meaning don't go to sleep. You could go to sleep at 10, but instead you stay up and you go to sleep at midnight because you learn two more hours. If that's the interpretation, and I say if, but if that's the interpretation, it still begs the question, why? What is so, why is that being emphasized? What if I learn two hours during the day? Is that fungible? Is that the same thing? So here there seems to be two interpretations of miyut shena. Why is it that we should try to limit our sleep? Why is that somehow conducive to Talmud Torah? So the first interpretation perhaps is the more intuitive um, easy to understand idea, and it's simply about time management. Many of the Mepharshim in Perk Yavos, the Tiferes Yisrael, the Maharal in the Derech Chaim, they mention, it's not their main focus, but they all mention the idea that if you sleep too much, it's not miut Shena, but Ribu Shena, if you have too much sleep, you're wasting time. You can't learn when you're sleeping. There's a certain a finite amount of time in the day, everyone has a finite amount of energy, and if you sleep more than you have to, it's, just, it's a zero-sum game. That's simply less time to study uh, Torah. Perhaps in this vein, we all remember, hopefully we, we review it every year, but we still remember from our childhood, the famous Rashi in Bereshus about Yaakov Avinu, who when he was on the run and spent 14 years in Yeshiva Shein Ve'eva, Rashi quotes that he didn't sleep. Didn't sleep for 14 years because he was studying. And even if one wants to assume that it doesn't mean that literally, which I would also be inclined, uh, it's hard to believe, take it literally. What I think it more likely means is that Yaakov Avinu never decided to get into his pajamas, curl up and with a good book, chill, you know, and go to sleep. No, he studied Torah to the point of exhaustion. And when he collapsed and fell asleep, you know, he stayed asleep. Whether he crawled into bed or not or stayed at the table, I don't know. But he didn't go to sleep. He just sometimes got overwhelmed and fell asleep. But again, there also, the point is, not to waste time, to be, to be what we would call a masmid, a serious, diligent student. It's interesting that in the Gemara and Erevin, the same Gemara that I previously mentioned where there's a debate about whether the nighttime is for sleeping or for learning, so there, uh, the Gemara says that Rav Chizda's daughter said to him, perhaps you need to sleep more. I guess Rav Chizda apparently studied way into the night, which makes sense. That's how he became Rav Chizda. 
So his daughter says, you know, like a good daughter, Abba, maybe you need to sleep more. To which he responds, after I die, there'll be plenty of time to sleep. But now I need to learn. When I was a rabbi in Baltimore, I had a, a wonderful congregant who used to have a variation of that statement that he used to say in the name of his father, who I think, if I, if I remember correctly, maybe was a Holocaust survivor, but he used to say it in Yiddish. My father used to say, there'll be plenty of time to sleep in the kever. It's from the Skimara, as Rav Chizda says. And again, the, it's a dramatic statement. It catches our attention. But the thrust clearly is, we don't want to waste time. We only have a limited amount of life, a limited amount of energy. We need to use it all well. We need to maximize our time. So that would be one approach, that really all these sources are about being a masmid, maximizing our time. It's not inherently the evening, the nighttime, as much as don't sleep if you don't have to, learn Torah at night, i.e. don't sleep when you don't have to, learn as much as you can. A second approach, uh, within this overall first approach, that it's not about night, it's about not sleeping, so if one approach, maybe the easier one to understand, is that not sleeping is important because you have more time, there's an additional interpretation, which actually is, the I would think, probably the majority interpretation in the commentaries on Perkyavos, on the previously mentioned term mi'ut shena, in which many mafarshim, including the ones I already mentioned, the Tefarish Yisrael and the Maral, and especially the Medrash Shmuel, which is a kind of a shita mikobetes, it's a collection of sources in commentaries in Perkyavos, all of them, each in their own way, emphasize not so much the issue of time management, but rather mitshena as a stand-in for not living an indulgent life. It's not about how much you sleep, but sleeping and sleeping too much is a metaphor for being lazy, for being indulgent, for wanting to enjoy the finer things. Just like we know there are many sources that talk about the balance not overeating, not overindulging in other sensual pleasures. We shouldn't live an indulgent, materialistic life. So many of these mafarshim view sleeping too much in a similar vein. And in fact, many of them point out it's not just an issue of time. If I'm getting 10 hours of sleep a night, which as far as I know is more than any person really needs, I would also want it. I don't sleep enough either. I could certainly enjoy it. But I don't know if anyone really would need that. So it's not just that if someone would regularly be sleeping more than they need to, they don't have enough time to learn. That was the first idea we saw. They say no. It's that it creates a certain sloth, a certain laziness, an overindulgence, which of course that means there's less time to learn. But the real damage from their perspective is not that when you're sleeping you're not learning. It's that that type of personality, that type of attitude that's so overindulgent and lazy... Even when you're awake, you won't be the kind of person who truly maximizes potential and truly learn in a deep and profound level. Just to give one brief citation, the Tiferes Yisrael here in his commentary to Avo says, if you have Reboy Shena, it's not just that you don't have enough time to learn, the first idea, but rather this other idea. Gam ki yityashen sechlo v'ya'abed charitzaso. Right? Your sechel goes to sleep, if you will. Your charitus, your, your sharpness, your motivation, you get deadened. You have less motivation. You're not as sharp, even when you're awake. The Medrash Shmuel makes this point in a very, very powerful way. He points out that, you know, the Gemara tells us that sleep is one-sixtieth of death. So says the Medrash Shmuel, when you're sleeping, you're grabbing hold to the Ilana de Masa, 
you're holding on to the tree of death. But yet we know, as the Pasuk tells us, Torah is a tzchayim he. And therefore, how could a person who likes to hold on to the tree of death also hold on to the tree of life? Al-Kain heim hafachim zemizeh. They're mutually exclusive. They're contradictory. You can't hold on to the tree of life and the tree of death at the same time. It's not just about how much you sleep. It's that you love sleeping. You're an indulgent, lazy person. Then even when you're awake, you're not going to be the kind of person who can truly, truly learn Torah. If you love sleep, you're not going to love Torah. They just don't go together. It's part of this overindulgent personality. And this is echoed not only in many other mafarshim in Perkyavos, but in Chazal and in other sources. The Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Noach says if you love material comforts, you won't be able to love Torah because you need to sacrifice for Torah and a person who wants to live such a cushy, comfortable life won't be willing to make the sacrifices. And in a more broad uh, sense, the Chobos Halavavos, in his commentary known as Shar Cheshben Anefesh, has a very famous formulation in which he says, Just like Lo Yitchabru Kli Echad Hamayim Va'esh, water and fire cannot coexist in one utensil, one receptacle, Kein Lo Tchaber Belev Hamamin Ahavas Olam Hazeh Ahavas Olam Haba. It's mutually exclusive. It's hard enough, but it is possible to live a life both in this world and in the next. It is possible to live a life where we are Musav Artsa, our feet are on the ground, but Rosha Magia Shemaima, we also live with spiritual um, aspirations and really we live in a spiritual realm. It's possible, but it's hard. But what Chavos Levavos is saying, what's not possible is to love Olam Hazeh and love Olam Haba. To love Gashmias and to love Ruchnias. To love material and sensual pleasures and to love spiritual ones. You have to choose. Are you going to be a spiritual person who lives in this world? Or are you a physical, indulgent, narcissistic type of personality just looking out for his or her own pleasures and laziness and indulgences? Those don't go together in general, and certainly not when it comes to learning Torah. So these are all, what I would say, two versions of the first approach. That is to say that we can look at all the sources we've seen and it's not really about nighttime as much as it is nighttime as a metaphor for don't sleep too much. Use your nights productively. And why should you use your nights for Torah study? So we said, simply first approach, maximize time. There's a finite amount of it. If you're spending too much time sleeping, you just won't have enough time to learn Torah. Or secondly, as we just mentioned now, that sleep is really a metaphor and a stand-in for living an indulgent uh, and more materialistic, lazy type of life, which not only get, leaves you less time for learning, but even when you do learn, you just won't be the type of person and in the mindset who can truly and successfully learn. However, in the few minutes that we have left, I'd like to turn our attention to an alternative approach, which in certain ways is frankly truer uh, to the many Gemaras we started off with. Because if you recall, all the sources we started with really did focus on night, not on lack of sleep. So we saw some of Farshim kind of collapse that into one. But really, I think there probably is more to it. But that begs the question. If it's really about night time, and not just being awake versus asleep, but being night, learning at night, Dafka, 
Why? What is so special and magical about the night? And I want to share with you two approaches. One is suggested by Rav Yaakov Reicher, who has a commentary known as the Iyun Yaakov, which is included in the very famous collection of commentaries on the Agartha, known as the Ein Yaakov. Ein Yaakov has a primary interpretation, a commentary, I should say, but also has, in the standard printings, other commentaries on the Agartha, and one of them is the Iyun Yaakov. And he says, commenting on the Gemara and Chagiga that we saw, that if you learn Torah at night, God will be Moshe Chachut Shal Chesed Bayom, which we don't really exactly know what that meant. What does that mean? God will reward you with extra kindness during the day. So Rav Reicher in the Yun Yaakov, what he explains is what's really going on here, what's so special about the night, is that when you learn Torah at night, it's more likely to be done for sincere reasons and pure motivation. However, he says, Torah Shalom Ad Balayla, that's the part that's done Lishma. When we learn Torah during the day, when you go to the base Medrash and you go to a shir, when you're on the train or who knows where and you're putting on your earphones listening to a shir, doing the dafyomi on the train, it's wonderful. But, you know, how much of you is, you know, quite aware that everyone knows that you're learning, they see you learning, they hear you learning. Perhaps, perhaps it's not entirely sincere. I have this chus of teaching in yeshiva, right? So when boys are in the base medrash, when everyone sees, when they're a see, could be that it's sincere, but not necessarily. But says the Ion Yaakov, when you're at night, you're more likely to be alone. When no one else sees, when no one else hears, that's the magic of the night. That's when it's just you and Hashem. And you're only doing it if you truly, truly want to learn Torah. You truly, truly want to grow. Then you learn at night. But if it's just about who knows, who sees, who hears, so when the crowd goes home, you know, you fold up your tent as well. But learning at night, says Leon Yaakov, what's going on there is it's more sincere, it's more pure. It's Torah Lishma. Now, if this is correct, then we can understand all of the sources we saw previously. Because Chazal in many places extol how virtuous and how blessed a person is if they learn Lashma. Going back to Perk Yavos, Perk Vav, the opening Mishnah, the opening Brisa is Rabbi Meir Omer, Kol Oseg B'Torah Lashma, Zochele Harbe. If you learn Torah Lashma, you'll get lots and lots of blessings. And I won't even read all of it, we don't have time, but the Mishnah lists quite a few of them. You'll get Kal Olam Kulo Kedailo. The whole world was worthy uh, be created just for you. You're considered a friend of Hashem, an Ahav of Hashem. Hashem loves you. On and on and on. Adding a Chutz Shal Chesed and a Shechina, this is like almost you know icing on the cake. But of course, Torah Lishma, wow, that's obviously, you know, we know that's such an important idea. Says Ian Yaakov, that's the night. The magic of the night is that you're alone, and therefore, if you're doing it, you're doing it for no one's admiration, you're not doing it for the applause or to impress people. It's Torah Lishma. That's one possible uniqueness of the night itself. Finally, I'd like to share with you a beautiful insight suggested by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. It's contained in one of his Sichos, in the collection, the Kute Sichos, in the 34th volume, Chelek Lamedalit. And here, the Rebbe specifically harps on the Rambam's introduction of the Keser Torah, the crown of Torah. 
why the Rebbe wants to know is the crown of Torah uniquely associated with learning Torah at night. And says the Rebbe, you might have thought that there are less distractions at night. Clearly speaking, in an age before uh, cell phones and social media, I think now we're pretty much equally distracted. Although perhaps even now we can be less distracted at night, but certainly in a pre-modern, even uh, more recent uh, decades, you know, there was just much less going on to distract us. So you might have thought, said the Rebbe, that learning at night just has the ability to learn better because you have less uh, distractions and you can just concentrate better. Says the Rebbe, maybe that's true, but that's not what's going on. If the Rebbe is saying you get Kesar Torah, it must be something more profound. What is that, says the Rebbe? She Belayla Yeshna Skulam Yuchedes She Limudo, excuse me, She Limudo Yeb Ofen Shemit Kasher Leshchinaso Yisbarach the skula, the magic of learning at night, says the Rebbe, is that something about learning at night allows you to break down the barriers. And it's more of a direct and therefore intimate connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no one else. So it's not just that, therefore, if there's no one else, you're more sincere. He's not saying that. He's saying because there's no one else, is just you and Hashem. You bond, as we might say in other contexts. You become closer. You're mitkasher, he says. You become more connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The dveikus, he says, the ability to cleave, to cling to Hashem, is more kashur, it's more possible and stronger. The bonds are stronger at night. Because he imagines, it's an interesting idea why he says this, but he says, at night, you're more likely to be humble. The night is, you know, for most, for most of history, this is literally true, and certainly it's metaphorically, we understand the idea that the nighttime is scary. The nighttime, we're a little bit less sure of ourselves. The nighttime can be dangerous. There's a certain greater sense of the fragility of man, humility in the evening. And says the Rebbe, that's really the secret. Because you can't connect to Hashem in the most profound way if your ego is in the middle. That is a mechitza shel barzel. That is a Chinese wall that cannot be broken down. The only way you can learn Torah, but you're not going to connect with what's behind the Torah if your ego is in the way. But at night, that is a time, he says, where you can learn with a greater sense of insecurity, humility, a sense of your own fragility. And therefore, it's dafka that that allows you what he calls dveikut amitit, the true connection to Hashem. It's dafka during the night where we can feel that fragility and realize that we need Hashem in a way that we don't necessarily realize during the daytime. Therefore, he concludes, Kedei Lizkos Bekeser Torah to merit the crown of Torah, etc. And that way we are mitkasher and mitabek bekedusha satora. Specifically through Limur HaTorah, Balayla Dafka. So this is a new and entirely different interpretation. It's nighttime per se, because nighttime reminds us of our fragility, reminds us of our frailty, our insecurities, reminds us that we're really frail human beings, and therefore it breaks down the barrier between us and Hashem. And there's a magical quality about learning Torah at night, says the Rebbe, it allows us to be davek to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to cleave to Hashem, and that 
he suggests, is why uniquely the Torah study at night is what enables and empowers a person to wear the crown of Torah. Because then you truly are royalty because you've become one with Kaddish Baruch Hu. Just to conclude, I would mention that on a very practical level, a number of the commentaries in Shulchan Aruch, the Magin Avram and the Taz, for example, both point out that as a practical matter, this really is subjective. You have to know yourself. Certain people are day people, certain people are night people, and if an extra hour or two of learning at night is going to ruin the whole following day, it's not worth it, to be honest. Maybe a slight symbolic amount of learning, but you have to know yourself. And as the Taz puts it, it has to do with your motivations, if you're sincere. If you're sincerely learning at night, that's great. But if you get a good night's sleep so you can sincerely learn better the next day, that's also great. There are magical properties and powers of the night, but one constantly has to weigh those against the practical realities of how a person is wired. But, like many things, perhaps within limits, but I know this from personal experience, and I know it's not limited to me either, especially especially when you're younger, um, you can train yourself to do with less sleep. You can train yourself to maximize your time better. And therefore, I think as a North Star, as a goal, we should all take it upon ourselves to learn as much as we can at night, for the reasons that we've seen previously. But, again, on a practical level, I don't want anyone to be nervous. There are people who like to go to bed early, but wake up, you know, they go, they wake, they go to bed early. But I know people, I know one person that I'm thinking of in particular, he's not even a professional rabbi, he works in other professions, but he's written multiple svarim. And not long ago, I heard or saw an interview with him, and he described, I mean, you know, he's been up learning and writing for a few hours, often before I even wake up. You know, he's a morning person. So says the Magan of Ram and the Taz, if that's working for him, that's also okay. But don't lose sight of this special magical power, if you can, about learning Torah at night. And I'll just conclude with the following beautiful image of the Medrash and the Pesikta Rabasi. We know that many times in the Torah, the Jewish people are compared to the Kochavim, to the stars. So at least according to one opinion, says the Pesikta, Ma Kochavim einan sholtin ela balayla, kach Yisrael ein moshlin b'Torah ela balayla. Just like the stars can only be seen at night, the stars are always there. They only come out at night. If we truly want to master Torah, if we want to be a star in the firmament of Torah, there is something magically powerful about learning Torah at night. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead. All right, thank you.